You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to Orange County's longest running business talk show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and I I never get tired of that music that we play as the intro. Thank you, Haley, for that. We have a great show planned for you. Why do you say? Because Anton Camaro is my guest. Anton, welcome to the program. Hi, hey everyone. Thank you very much for having me, and I'm excited to be here with you today and uh, talk more. Yeah, Anton's the founder and CEO of his latest venture, B2B Storefront, and uh, let's get right into it. As a, as a serial entrepreneur, Anton, what was the motivation, inspiration, or maybe what the heck were you thinking about when you launched B2B Storefront? So main idea around was to bring speed and uh, speed in two meanings, the speed of loading time to e-commerce and a speed of implementing new features. So uh, basically speed as a direct impact on conversion rates. It's the one thing. The second thing is how fast businesses can iterate through their experiments and implementing new features is another type of speed that also have an impact on overall success. And we currently see that this issue is not addressed properly by existing platforms. While it's not a problem of a platform itself, it is something that should be solved on the architectural level using composable commerce concept. And that's uh, why we build this middleware. So since you've launched B2B storefront. I'm wondering, have you had any business model pivots or adjustments to what the original vision was for the company? Oh, yeah. So there is a multiple uh, pivots uh, down the road uh, was um, taken just because this company is founded by tech people. So essentially me and my co-founder, Matt Mortek, he is the CTO of B2 storefront. We basically uh, developers ourselves. So we are evolving on reading the customer's expectations. And we switched from having a product that was purely for other developers to a product that is addressing directly merchants and uh, help them to launch and operate a smaller amount of features, but actually more automated way without involving uh, development help. Realizing that was a better market address than what you originally thought. Yeah, so essentially um, the reasoning behind was uh, is that every platform advertises itself as like you can run your online store without developers using Shopify, using X. So it is a specific messaging that uh, is being propagated by really well-funded companies and going against it costs obviously a lot. So we just decided not to be um, against it, but actually help bring the proper structure, the proper scaffolding, if you you will, uh, and allow people to either use it right away or actually get some help from their in-house or freelance developers as well. Help. Tell me a little bit more about the company. Who would reach out to you and who's a good client for you? 
So our uh, clients are the e-commerce merchants who does have ad spend. So this is somebody who is spending at least 3000 bucks a month on paid acquisition, or they already have traffic that is comparable to 3000 bucks a month ad spend, which basically comes down to covering the cost of the operating the software to actual improvement in conversions they can expect. So essentially, if you don't have conversions at all, or if you don't have much traffic, there is not much money to justify the spend. So from that perspective, this is a universal qualification. On the other hand, uh, we also work with merchants who are looking to automate their operations, who are looking to use their storefronts as their internal tool. For example, for request for quote, type of uh, implementations where they can use their internal team who is doing quoting in the CRM to use their storefront to streamline the operations. Then they, they see a different type of return on, on investment, essentially. Exclusively working with clients in the US, are you international? Tell us a little bit about that aspect of your business. Yeah, so uh, my initial idea was to be hyper-local. Uh, I, I brought it from Poland where uh, we started our first web development company in Krakow, which is south of Poland. And we basically being penetrating the market uh, locally. So everyone either worked with us or was waiting to afford working with us. So we started with California, but currently we do have clients also in New Zealand. And in general, uh, we span across uh, the continents uh, for UK and Europe-based brands who use Shopify because Shopify is not as much uh, popular in Europe, but they are growing there very nicely and they really shifted their marketing focus uh, to make that market for them. So how do you find prospects or maybe how do prospects find you? Oh, I wish prospects finding us and uh, it is a big, uh, big ongoing pain on figuring out the Google ads and figuring out SEO. And uh, it is it is a difficult thing in general. So currently we are getting uh, clients through referrals from our existing uh, merchants because uh, surprisingly the e-commerce ecosystem and e-commerce community is very, very tight. So there is a bunch of groups and everyone knows everyone else. So this way uh, it helps to do a good job. But uh, on, on top of it, it's basically um, trade shows and presence on um, events li like this and obviously LinkedIn outreach and stuff like that. That's one of the powers, Anton, of being in a specific niche is the referability of you to others who are in that space as well. I, I applaud you and your partners for identifying and staying true to a niche because it does help, I have found, for companies, especially early stage companies, to get the momentum required to scale the platform. Exactly, yeah. And um, also uh, specializing in a specific platform as well because before we were like giving access to any platform, but that that was difficult and maintaining features also. 
Yeah, that's that can be in the next version or as as the company scales. You gotta Correct. build gotta build a beachhead, ladies and gentlemen, as an entrepreneur that you can defend and, and then grow from. I'm wondering, as you look around the, your industry, uh, have you ever in running and growing the business, have you ever felt alone or maybe isolated as the founder and CEO of your firm? Honestly, uh, it's, uh, in my perspective, related heavily to the overtime hours. So essentially, you just you just do a lot of hours. And uh, to be completely honest, you can be alone as well as an employee or a employee number one, employee number two, and early stage startups as well. So essentially, it depends on how much you are dedicated to what you're doing, but um, support from the family is one of the important things. So they would not um, get off the board uh, when uh, when they tired of like um, waiting for you from the work. But all in all, still uh, the work-life balance is important just to not completely skip the 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 age of your kids so like when they're young they will remember your absence so essentially this is one of the things that i separate so like there is a being busy before the kids and being busy after the kids so being busy after the kids is painful twice so that's the only thing yeah that can make for a long day uh and, and young children take a lot of energy and focus and so you only we only have so much energy sometimes to give it to the business and the family. You know, you said you started in Krakow, Poland, and now you're here in Southern California, Orange County in particular. How did that happen, Anton? So essentially, uh, I was uh, came to study uh, to Krakow, and I was born in Kazakhstan. But uh, after 15 years uh, being in Poland, uh, I was took part in a program it's like a uh, startup program it's called silicon bridge where promising it companies uh, from poland can try their uh, skills and can try their luck in uh, silicon valley that's how i came to san francisco mm -hmm. and um, i spent there months it was the coldest months of my life and even comparing to krakow and essentially very quickly evacuated myself to Los Angeles and um, stay there um, since 2015. Well, you've made a good succession of decisions relative to where you're living. You're now living in the garden spot. I'm wondering, have you ever been given a piece of business advice that you found particularly valuable that you would like to share with our audience here today on Critical Mass Business Talk Show? Um, yes, actually, and uh, it was coming in a conversation, and um, one of the uh, friends of mine uh, mentioned that you're supposed to spend time uh, inside your clients' places of presence. I know it's uh, it sounds like being repeated 20,000 times already, that you need to know your client and so on and so forth, but I used to spend my time with other uh, developers with other technical entrepreneurs uh, or uh, founders who are running their dev shops and stuff like that. And the moment uh, I, I I just read it, I was like, uh, stop spending time there and switch to spending time where the 
pain and uh, frustration is being shared uh, on the groups. So essentially, uh, going into Facebook groups of your clients is is one of the things that um, I like the most. And actually, digging the client language. This is the most important part. Speak the exact words. And English is not my native language, so I'm literally uh, pulling myself a vocabulary of like how they name things. I would never come up with naming that way. And everyone have its own slang. So like they basically use specific uh, jargon mm -hmm. and I'm using the same. And that's why I uh, think it's important. Well, that's really interesting. That's kind of like an advanced customer listening program where you're actually engaging and listening exactly. to them on different chat areas, et cetera. That's great. Yeah. Thank you for that piece of advice. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, you know, artificial intelligence has been in the news a lot this year. And I'm wondering from your perspective, being a technologist, building a platform, uh, what, how do you see AI potentially infiltrating or impacting your businesses? So uh, I'm, I'm a heavy user of chat GPT myself. And uh, this uh, tool is vast in hands of people who knows how to ask questions and which questions to ask. And uh, there is a ton of content and everyone is on this hype wave of like AI this, AI that. It is definitely a big improvement. It is definitely will impact amount of hours worked by people who main responsibility was go check the spreadsheet and respond in a human uh, friendly way. But um, my understanding is that right now the barriers that being present before are fallen. Mm. The next stage is that if somebody was prevented from starting their online store, they are not as much as they were 10 years ago. With AI, they are not as much backwards on advertising because advertising was also holding back the evolution. So if we're talking about e-commerce niche, we're going into the place where cost of advertising will skyrocket simply because the amount of players who will start advertising will increase. And it is also valid for myself because what's happening is I cannot draw pictures. Right now, Mid Journey is producing astonishing stuff right. that is going right away as a banner or a Facebook ad. So I am contributing to the Facebook money uh, by putting ads there. And a lot of people who cannot afford agencies, who cannot afford somebody to put together an ad, they now basically enter the game, which will inflate the cost of click and cost of acquisition. So that's my perspective on AI inside this, let's say, e-commerce and customer acquisition angle. Very interesting perspective. Thank you for sharing that. I kind of, you know, I can I can see how that creates uh, more competition, frankly, which exactly. then drives up the the rates because it's supply and demand. Interesting. Thank you, Anton. Uh, let's talk about the future. Yeah. Where where will your firm and you be in a couple years, five years, ten? What's your vision long term for what you're doing right now? Yeah, so uh, our long-term vision is uh, 
giving ability to companies create quickly uh, specific UX and specific UI um, new pages and stuff like that. So currently, uh, with additional tools that quickly convert Figma designs or Sketch or any other designs into HTML, we can see that uh, we not necessarily need no-code platforms uh, because the coding is not the problem anymore. The development is not the problem anymore. We just need the platforms that would accelerate innovation and accelerate publishing to production, essentially. And uh, from that perspective, uh, each specific tool is absorbing its own niche and excel in that niche. Therefore, there is no way somebody will cover 80% or 60% of the needs. That way means we are going into composable uh, era where we'll be combining multiple tools to be presented in front of a user in the browser or in any other type of uh, channel, which means that we're still innovating underneath, but on top of it, it's all HTML. Mm. It's all code that is rendered by the browser. And it doesn't matter if it's a big infrastructure behind multiple tools, but still HTML is something that is an output language. So our goal is to be able to deliver high performance, optimized HTML for platforms that deliver e-commerce experiences to customers in the US. E-commerce, it's really, it is, you know, when you talk about the interface and the UX and UI, I mean, it's it really is um, a, an art now based on people's experience with online shopping, Shopify, that experience. The, the buyers become very, in my mind, very mature as far as what they expect from the site and from the vendor. Is that, is that your understanding as well? Is that your experience? Yeah, so e-commerce have multiple um, types of important points. One thing is it's very, very analytically covered with all events and stuff like that. It's all possible to count. It's all possible to measure. You can see literally dollars based on decisions. So the yellow button drives more conversions than red button and so on and so forth. Mm. And e-commerce is a heavily uh, ad business. It's ad dollars business, which means that you're basically spending X to uh, see specific return on ad spend uh, coefficient. So that's why uh, this niche is evolving and forced to evolve faster than others. And on top of it, it's also very templated. So you have templates because people have their own behavior and they get used to specific patterns. So if they don't see the right pattern, they will close the tab and proceed further. So that makes it on one side, very, very pattern heavy. On the other side, everyone tries and actually put effort to be unique and to be you know, personalized experience and stuff like that. So that is like two sides of a spectrum. Mm -hmm. 
if someone would like to pick your brain, get to know you, find you online, where would you suggest they go, Anton? Um, I'm actually um, active on LinkedIn, so uh, on my profile you can uh, you can find uh, a link to my newsletter where I'm publishing um, once a month something that I'm digging personally. It's basically my notes <laughs> from research. So one of the things I was digging is like how the proper blog post uh, structure should look like. Another one was about hiring front-end developers. So it is very, very different, but it's all dependent on my task list at the moment. So that's basically how uh, it can be consumed once a month. It's a flow of consciousness uh, of mine about a specific topic. Other than that, I'm active on LinkedIn, so please reach out in DMs. And uh, I'm happy to talk, and I'm happy to talk here in person in Orange County and contribute to in-person live events uh, around e-commerce and meetups as well. I think that would be time well spent, and I encourage people to take Anton up on the opportunity to spend some time and learn and share experiences. I want to thank you for being a guest here on the program today and giving a little bit of your knowledge and expertise to the benefit of my audience. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I was really enjoying uh, talking to you. And Well, I'd like to thank the audience, too. You've been a part of Orange County's longest-running business talk show. Anton's interview is part of our growing catalog of over 1,400 interviews that you'll find when you go to our podcasting site. If you happen to be a peer Orange County entrepreneur and you have a story to tell and you'd like to share that here on Orange County's longest running business talk show, then reach out to us. I'm Rick R-I-C, Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I on LinkedIn. Coincidentally, that's also my website, rickfranzi.com. Be happy to talk with you and work with Haley to get you scheduled like we did for Anton today. So until the next time we have a chance to be together, uh, which will be tomorrow, actually, uh, here's hoping that all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Thank you.